All right, Boker Tov. So we, um, today we're going to take a look at um, Hilchot Fila Siman Sadi Dalid in um, Hilchot Fila Siman Sadi Dalid, where it says, Tzarech Lechaven Neged Eretz Yisrael V'din Arachev O Yashev B'Sfina Having Kavana and facing toward Eretz Yisrael. So, Um, we all know there's a famous Mishnah Brachos that says if you stand right? If you're standing and to Davin Shmones, right? Which way do you face? So what's the answer? Okay, why? Okay, right. So and if you stand right, so really you say Eretz Yisrael, right? Towards Eretz Yisrael, and if you're in Eretz Yisrael, then which way do you face? Right, depending on where you are, that could be different, right? Different directions, and then if you're in Yerushalayim, you face the Beit Hamikdash, which is the remnants, is you know the, we have the remains, which are the, which is the Kotel, and if you're at the Kotel, you have your Mechav and Libo to, uh, for the Kodesh Hakadoshim, right? The Holy of Holies. So um, says the Mechaber, Im haya omed if he was standing outside of Eretz Yisrael. Right, you have to face in the direction of Eretz Yisrael. And you should also have kavana for Yerushalayim. You should have kavana for the Beit Mikdash, right, for the Temple, and the Beit Kodashim for the Holy of Holies, the holiest place that was in the Beit Hamikdash. Haya Omed Be'eretz Yisrael, if he was standing in Israel, in Eretz Yisrael. Yachzir Panav, Keneged Yerushalayim, like we said, he has to face Yerushalayim. V'yichaven gam la'mikdash l'vet kodshi ha'kodashim, and ultimately you should also have the kavana to, you should think about, right? Um, the Beit HaMikdash and the Beit Kodshi ha'kodashim. Haya Omed Be'erushalayim, what if he was standing in Yerushalayim? Yachzir Panav la'mikdash, you should face the Beit HaMikdash. Even ve'chaven gam ken lebet kodesh kodeshim. Hayaomet achorei hakaporet machzir panav lakaporet. If he was standing inside the Beit Hamikdash, right, and I guess in our days, right, anywhere on Harabayit or, or at the Kotel, whatever it is, so again, he should face the direction of um, of the Holy of Holies. Okay, so. The Mishnah Bura says, what does that mean to have in mind uh, the Beit HaMikdash and the Kodesh HaKadoshim? We've mentioned this earlier. You have to think to yourself and have this kind of thought as if I'm standing right now in the Beit HaMikdash and I'm having this amazing tefillah. Now, Let's take a step back for a moment and try to understand what is this, what is so special about the Beit HaMikdash that we're having this kavana towards, right? Or we have to face that direction, right? Meaning, if, and like we've mentioned before, tefillah, davening, is a connection between me and God. It's a way for, it's a form, right? It's a, it's a way for me to connect. It's a tool of connection. 
then what is it, what is the Beit HaMikdash, how does the Beit HaMikdash play a role in my personal tefillah? You hear the question? Yeah. Right? You know, what's so important about the Beit HaMikdash that we have to be facing in that direction if we're outside, and, and you see, not only the, the, not only the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnah Buruh talk about it, but we, we said even earlier in the Mishnayos, right, and the Gemara talks about this, right, what is so significant about the Beit HaMikdash um, that we say that this is the place you have to face, and if you're in Yerushalayim, you have to face that. If you're behind, you have to face the other way. Right? All these things, it seems like Beit the Beit HaMikdash is a very important piece in this whole puzzle of tefillah. So, <clears throat> I think this is, <coughs> excuse me, this is also very appropriate because this week's parsha is going to be Parshat. Which parsha? Oh, um, very good. Parashat Teruma, where we learn, and the first, the first pasuk of the parasha says, right? What are we taking the Truma for? What are we doing? Probably. But what are we doing? Right? What are we doing in Parashat Teruma? We're building a what? A Mishkan. Right? in English, known as the tabernacle. But, why are we building a Mishkan? Okay, good. Why does God need a house? So that he feels more settled. So you're saying God, God needs to feel settled in our society? What? He's not homeless. We need to feel settled. So the, the, we need to feel as if our God has like settled So God's dwelling place, right, is a place for us to feel that God exists in our midst, right? So the question is, that's very nice. So what is, how does prayer fit into that? Okay, so the idea is simply, right, where when we have, and I, and I like what you said, right, to, for us to feel that God exists, in, you know, within our midst, right? So when we have that kind of place, as it is, right, Tefillah is such an abstract concept. It's like, okay, I'm supposed to talk and ask God, who I understand created the world, and, but God doesn't have time for me, the little guy. Right? He's busy running the world. No, what do you mean? Ah. Santa, he has everyone. Ah, well, have the Elif Alpha But the idea, the idea is, is that, you know, in theory, right, in, in theory, Tefillah, it's like this, you know, okay, like who am I to ask God? Right, God is great. God, why should God care about my small issues? Right. And one second, we'll 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 get to the answer. We'll get to the answers soon, and and we'll understand also if we look carefully at Shmonasrei, we're not only davening for our own needs, right? And that's it's something important to notice, and we'll talk about this more when we go when we go deeper into Shmon Esrei. Every bracha, everything we say in Shmon Esrei, we don't just ask for ourselves, right? Even like even when we say the bracha of Rifua, right? Let's say healing, right? So we're asking for a specific person, right? We're Rifainu, we're asking God to heal us, and then we even when we say the Hiratzon, a specific Hiratzon where you can mention a sick person's name, what do we say there? B'toch Sha'ar Chole Israel. Well, we're always mentioning that it's not just about me, not just about my personal relationship with my whatever it is, you know, grandmother, grandfather who's sick and, I'm, and I want to pray for, but it's I'm including, I'm making this a, 
a widespread inclusive tefillah, which which in theory God has you know more business right you know in terms of like accepting a tefillah that's for everyone. Um, you had a question? No, I was gonna say if you're like, uh, oh, I'm too little and like not important, why would he care about me? Think about it like this: He created me. He could have been like, oh, wow. Right, but he also, but he also, you know, he could have been just put, put the machine on automatic and then created many, many human beings and, you know, created this, this world. And like, you know, he has to deal with the machine that's creating, not with you, like with your problems. Would it give us such a pessimistic view of life? I'm not. I'm just trying to get you to think about both sides. But but either way, I think the idea is that we have to. So we have to like like what you said about God creating a home, in for us to kind of feel like okay, He's here, He's possible, and therefore that that is a direct link to tefillah. Why? Because it's all about the relationship, right? So what's the home about? What's the dwelling place about? It's about the relationship, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it really they both have the same goal. Can one exist without the other? Can we have tefillah without a Beit Hamikdash? In reality, we do, right? In reality, we have tefillah today, and we don't have a Beit Hamikdash. Morning, right? So, however, we have to understand that the tefillah now can't possibly be as powerful as the tefillah back back in the times of Beit Hamikdash. And there's actually there's a, a Gemara, I believe, that says that since the since the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed. There was a Masach Shel Barzil. You know what a Masach Shel Barzil means? An iron... An iron... Right, an iron sheet. An iron, like, curtain, basically. That has been placed between us and God. Right? So, can you get through iron? Maybe. Metal, iron, whatever it is. You know, it's, but it's much harder. Right? It's much harder for a tefillah... Right, and again, you know, iron, obviously, it doesn't literally mean it, but, right, in, in, a, in, a, in a figurative kind of way, so for our tefillah to, go, to penetrate and to get through to God is a lot harder now than in the times of the Beit HaMikdash. The times of the Beit HaMikdash, we had this direct channel. And the direct channel was also performed in ways which today look very, seem very barbaric and very odd to us. If we look, you know, if, if right now we built the Beit HaMikdash, right, I mean, we'd probably have, like, a bunch of different, you know, groups, uh, you know, animal right groups, and, and, you know, I don't know what kind of groups will be, you know, uh, rioting outside, you know, save animals' lives, and, you know, all the vegetarians and vegans, who knows, you know, who knows what they'll be doing. But, so the point is that the Beit HaMikdash doesn't look like a, a, you know, for us, at least, we don't understand it. It's, it. The reason is because it's not supposed to be... It's not supposed to go along with our lives, with our beliefs, right? It's supposed to be a place of godliness, a place of holiness, a place that kind of transcends everything that we know, that goes above and beyond everything that we know and understand. And that's why we're davening kind of towards in that direction. Because we say, okay, there's a metal curtain, there's an iron curtain here. We can't really penetrate. We can't really focus. We can't really connect the tefillah like, in the way that we should be, Right? And that's felt, by the way. However, we still, what we still need to do is we still need to try. And, and our trying to kind of like get 
at least a little tiny bit of that feeling of the times of the Beit HaMikdash, where tefillah was something that was so clear and something that, was, that we were able to do in a much greater way. So that's what we have to face in that direction. You have a question? Yeah. How, does it say somewhere like how sacrificing the yeah, but we're not we're not talking about that now, and I think we mentioned it earlier in the year, and we we talk about it a little bit later. But I want to share with you just before we go to Davin, a beautiful piece um, from Rav Cook, who talks about this idea of Davin. So we just said how Davening is something that we used to be able in the times of Beit Hamikdash it was a lot easier because we had a lot of a, a much easier way to connect. However, nowadays. We kind of have this iron curtain. So Rav Kook says in Olat Riyah, he says as follows, The constant prayer of the soul, There is our soul, the neshama that we have, that God gave us, is constantly praying. Now what does that mean, that the soul is constantly praying? Okay, it's constantly trying to connect to God. Right? So imagine, you can imagine a hose, right? A water hose, right? Where when you shut off the water, right? There's a, there's, the water builds up, in a sense, or like it, it waits there. And the second you turn on the faucet, right? You're, the water comes out. So that's kind of what's going on with our neshama. Our neshama inside of us it's constantly praying, it's constantly reaching out to God, it's constantly, because it, that's what it is. The, the neshama is holiness, is spirituality, is, is, is close to God. So, however, we, you know, we, shut the, we shut the hose, right? we shut the faucet. Right? And, The way to really connect to prayer, the way to really connect to prayer, the, really, the way to really kind of get the, the ideal prayer is to understand that our soul, our neshama is constantly praying and our, when we daven, it's our body, it's, our, it's us saying to our neshama, okay, let me open that faucet, let me connect to that prayer, that constant prayer of the neshama and let me make this a, re- a real prayer of my entire being. Okay? And that's something, that's something which when we connect to then we could start really scratching the surface with understanding, you know, what tefillah is really all about. And, that, and then this idea of facing towards Yerushalayim, it's like, you know, which, which other direction are you going to face, right? Meaning if we look around and say, okay, like, what is, what, what can give us a little bit more of a, of a closeness, a little bit more of a connection, Right? It's, of course, facing the Yushalayim and ultimately the Beit HaMikdash and the Kodesh HaKodeshim. So, have that in mind, keep that in mind, and let's open up that faucet and penetrate the tefillah of, of our soul and connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Have a great davening.